How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Holy Welcome to another crap, one. we're live. <laughs> Do it. Ding. Giant man or tiny bottle? Little column A, little column B. Vote and you decide. <laughs> How was it? Oh, it's trouble distilled. That is the first time I've ever seen someone shoot a 60-pounder of whiskey. This is a 60-ounce bottle right here. I guess I can't hold it. You need to keep holding it. What? You said 60-pounder. It's a gag. 60-ounce. What are you saying? 60-pounder. They're making a giant joke again if you hadn't caught the reference. Catch up. Right. All right, so because he's yeah, big. I had my, I had my airline it? special here, which is great, because I was just saying to these guys, it's great when you buy whiskey and they give you whiskey. They're like, yeah, here, you know what you need when you bought some whiskey? You need whiskey. You ever try this whiskey? And I was saying, I was saying, if you want to rob the LCBO, all you got to do is take one of these little bottles off the bottle they're selling it on, put it on any bottle you're buying, and the cashier doesn't care. And that's true. But you know what else the cashier doesn't care about? And I've seen this as well. A guy walks in in a raincoat and a pair of, like, pajama pants, and that's all. Goes back, grabs, like, two 40-ounce bottles of, of whatever, sticks them into his armpits under his raincoat, and then just casually walks past the cashier. <clears throat> and she's obviously seen him, but what the fuck is she supposed to do about this? Right. And I totally agree with that. It's like when you go to a store and you see, like, you know, some, like, 20-year-old guy, five foot four. You know, 112 pounds standing behind the cash register, and some dude's like, "Give me the money." Well, here's the money. Like, you know what I mean? I get that. What I don't get is the security guards that they do hire. It's intimidation factor. Really? Is that what it is? Have you seen them lately? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not entirely the case. <laughs> intimidation factor is one of those things. Like, I'm like. I actually told the security guy in the liquor store the other day, I was like, that guy's shoplifting. And the security guy was like, what? Because he was on his phone tweeting, and I'm like, don't worry. You'll see it on Reddit later. Like, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, literally right in front of the guy, the dude's shoplifting. And again, security's one of those crazy jobs. It only matters as much as we care. Right? So... It sounds like a weird Hallmark slogan. Well, no, but it only matters it as much only as we care. matters as much as we care. That's one of those things that, like... But look, the liquor store is one of those places. It's a draconian institution that makes billions of dollars overtaxing us for our liquor. Right? They make, they make buttloads of money, like, you know, truckloads of money. So they don't really care about theft. And if you look at the statistics on theft from the LCBO, it's astronomical. It's I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like, their theft rates is absolutely insane. Like, in any other system of selling alcohol, there are some checks and balances to this, even if they're draconian. Like, in Utah, for example, where every liquor store is run by uh, federale. Like, literally, there's a – the guy you buy your liquor from is technically a cop. Like, they're a sheriff's deputy – apartment agent because the way that they run their liquor board it's completely insane right they but should just weigh you on the can, way they in can also that's so they and that, weigh you on the way out right well they do the dump <laughs> yeah they do the dump they can do it right. garbage exactly. they can do the it liquor you're like you Liquor's weigh exactly garbage, 60 that's, ounces that's, that's more right now <laughs> you weigh no, what, what they need what they need is the 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 automatic subway door like airlock of shame so you have, you have a little door. It's like an you know, in-out, one person at a nice. time, like sealed door, right? 
So yeah, you walk in and they've already scanned the product in your pocket that hasn't been paid for. So they know full well like you're walking out of the store. Come on, like electronic tags, this is right. like 1950s technology. We've got this. We figured this out. So you walk into the exit door and, and the exit just door just locks it just down. locks. And then it sprays you with yellow confetti foam and and yells out in five different languages, petty thief. Yeah, and and <laughs> A tattoo needle comes out of the ceiling and even, tattoos thief on your forehead. Not even like I said. Like I said, it's 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 really sticky, like construction yellow foam. It's not coming off, and and it it just yells thief in like five different languages, and the door opens, and you're rejected into the street, covered in spray foam, because I don't care. But like do you the get cops to keep don't the care. Booze? Do you still? Why get not? The booze? You get to keep it anyway. Okay. If you walked out, the point is it's just social stigma. Because obviously the threat of law enforcement means nothing. I mean, the recidivism rate of the, the shoplifters. I mean, I've watched the same guy shoplift from the same liquor store while I was there two days in a row. I mean, I'm a drunk, so I was there. That says something about me. But this drunk was there too. And I was <laughs> buying my liquor, and he was just walking out the door with it. Maybe it was an inside job. In fact, even once I saw a woman, she picked up two bottles of vodka and just picked them up off the shelf, walked right at the door, and the woman behind the counter said, hey, hey. And she just looked at her and said, what? And walked out with both bottles. And I was like, now that is customer service. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, 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 and you just leave. I mean, that's awesome, right? But the rest of us then pay the enormous taxes and the upright fees and blah, blah, blah. It's like the TTC when people fucking chintz on their... They're, they're fair, you know? It sucks yes. because the rest of us pay for it. Right. Mm. You know? You hear that, kids? Alcohol thievery look, hurts us all. Look, everybody, everybody has shoplifted something in their lives. Little kids do it. Yeah, never? But you never stole anything? Never shoplifted anything. I love you, Chris. Even as a little kid, like, just never picked something up and walked out with an accident, nothing? Well, you're a paladin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a saint. We should, in, get the, uh, we should get we should get like holy symbols tattooed on your face, and you should be leading the men in. In high school, uh, I don't is, know. I don't know if I personally did it. I will follow you, sir. Like Mister, like this is a pure pure soul over here. I don't know if I personally Jesus. did it, but I was definitely in a robbery I mean, conspiracy whatever. for high end volleyballs. Top end beach volleyballs or indoor volleyballs are about sixty nine seventy nine dollars, like the official official ones. But then there's shitty like 1999 like beach volleyballs for like their toys basically. First world grand so theft volleyball. And the the scam was I was taught this by guys at my high school. We'd go into like sport check, and you'd take out the ball. Usually volleyballs are in a box, and you take it out, and you just kind of volley it around and toss it around. And be like, oh, this is a good ball. And you do the same thing with another, and then you would just nonchalantly put the good ball in the shitty box, and they'd scan the 1999 one, and you'd walk out with the 69.99 mint fucking Olympic level volleyball. So sorry, Sport Check or wherever we were. That was the scam. It's pretty big. I don't feel proud of it, but uh, I was just a high school kid wanting to play some volleyball, and I couldn't afford an uh, expensive ball. Side note: Jubil and I made some um, research last time. And turns out there is no statute of limitation in Canada. So oh, great. Careful so what you I'm going to go about. down. Statute of limitation on what? Anything. Sport check. Oh, no, no, I'll it, gladly pay you right, $40. You're right, there is. But there, there is, there is penance due to due time away. 
and we can argue that later. Okay. Besides, I don't mind. You want to come I was for a me? Kid. Come Does and that count? Me. I feel like there is for kids stuff because now I'm an adult. I'm what? Am they going to take me back to juvenile court? I'm an adult. I'm an adult. Imagine that. That's this. You know is what my, though? You know what though, Kareem? Actually, is, that's quite fascinating. That may very well raise our <laughs> subscription rate. We could all be felons. Right. Right now. What if I, I mean, go to jail for volleyball? Two, these two white bread, amazing I can't friends hack of it mine. In prison. If they Imagine have to go to jail for like volleyball theft, for volleyball theft, then right. then you know what? I I will protect you in prison because if you're going for volleyball theft, I'm never getting out. Pay for right. your crimes as a juvie, as an adult. They're like, hey, we like, caught I'm sorry, you. The last, the last, what, 20-something or whatever episodes, I've committed a crime in every one of those, and I've admitted <laughs> to them all. So I am guilty, ladies and gentlemen, of being more fun than a lot of you. <laughs> well, and if, that's, if, that, if that is enough to put me in prison forever, then I guess you're just going to have to die trying. For me, I basically stole the net difference of like 40 to $50 but that was 25 years ago. Technically, like, what's in what's, what's interest on what's, what's interest compounds. what's interest on f- compound I, interest yeah, I, over I think 25 we're a legal years? Reading here. Sorry, hang on. This I owe late, them a mortgage worth of money right now. Late breaking news: Sport check went out of business because of you. Yes, so they it can't says, sue me. <laughs> there is no statute of limitation in Canada criminal law, other than for non-serious offenses. Whatever. This means that for indictable offenses, a defendant can be charged at any future date. Uh-oh. Fantastic. Then we're good. Guess what, Sport Check? The amount of money you you've know, made from these shout-outs outdoes the amount Unless it's I over a certain amount. Like you shoplift like you know, 10 diamond rings, then you're actually committing grand theft. There's a difference, right? But if you shoplift like a pair of underwear and three packs of, of, of Kraft Dinner, yeah. What about you? What have you stole? Oh, people's dignity. My heart. Yeah. Oh, lots of hearts. You stole lots of hearts. Your hearts down the road. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did you ever do the old uh, The old five-finger discount? Like discount? Oh, I don't know. I, if I did, I'm not proud. Well, don't be proud. Just confess. Proud. Oh, some people are proud to steal. Fucking right they are. Right. They used to brag about it in high school all the time. I knew a guy Show who stole a hockey stole. stick Steve. from Canadian Tire. He shoved it down his... his leg and like walked out straight legged like Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the best part is? I bet I bet like all idiot kids of his age he thought for sure no one in the store noticed. Whereas guaranteed one of the one of the store clerks saw it and was just like, I don't give a fuck. If you're gonna steal like a nine dollar hockey stick by walking like that idiot for the rest of the day, by all means have your fun. I'm I'm all about victimless crimes and I, I so I would if I stole it victimless crimes. It would be from Walmart or some shit. Yeah. Like that. You the know what I mean? Like, giants. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. The sense where it's like I'm gonna do something I hope I hope it's not like <laughs> don't steal from a mama pop directly <laughs> towards a person. This is where I, I, I try I to draw love, the line. I love the moral the moral hula hoops. We'll put ourselves to victimless crime. They just yeah. write I it mean, off. That, that's just a term. But like, really, I don't really the, mind. I don't mind the concept because I don't yeah, think, the term I don't just think personally, like, if you need something more anybody. than someone else and you take it, that's whatever. That's just the way that goes. That's yeah. life. But if you don't need it and you take it because you can, then someone's going to pay. And the funny part is, it's usually you. Because something stupid happens to you because of what you've done. Like my little brother is a great example. I love bringing him up in these stories. He's done a lot of interesting things that I would never have thought possible. Like I was the black sheep. All the drugs, all the partying, all this, that. He's the one that gets arrested for the most idiotic things. He shoplifted like four packs of magic cards. Magic cards. You know, like, you know, I don't know if you know magic cards. If you do, right on you. If you don't, you know, 
Clearly, welcome to, he welcome wasn't to the 21st century. It's a thing. Caught. So he got yeah he got caught. It wasn't that magical, <laughs> and like the the chain store that caught him was like they were serious. They're like we're prosecuting. Like you know, you're I'm a third level druid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, pretty much. But you can't prosecute me. So. So he, he walked he walked he out of it career. and that's amazing for him like he didn't he ended up like you know being like look completely sorry like shit's bullshit like mom got involved and so on and so forth but it was it was quite funny because he calls me and actually I found out about it through the family and not him because he didn't want to tell me this so I called him and I'm like fucking magic cards are you fucking kidding me I'm like out of the two of us. The one that gets arrested for stealing things is you, and you're stealing magic cards. Like, because Kareem has advised me as our as our resident legal attorney not to say certain things, <laughs> there have been issues in the past where it's like stuff has gone misappropriated from places it shouldn't have been misappropriated, and it might may or may not have been duly caused by myself. And that being said, it wasn't fucking magic cards, and no one ever got arrested for it, so what the fuck you know what i mean like magic cards it's like dick pics and we'll understand this because i told that story too my brother's my brother's my shining knight of examples why you don't do the dick pic thing another episode another jabril dick pic mention no that's going in there until jabril gets over the dick pic thing if i don't if i don't see like a montage of jabril dick pics then i'm not gonna let him get away with this like i'm sorry he's for the record, to everyone listening, especially legal authorities, uh, one of the taglines of this podcast is true tall tales. So we sometimes blur the lines with our truths. Also, be yeah. very clear. At the beginning of this series, I, I think I think Graham can remember this. I said, take these stories for what they're worth. I'm an Irish Scot. Stories. I embellish and I enjoy. So some is true and some is not, and you'll never know which. And that's a fact. And that's also part of my safety network. I don't want you to know some things. I don't want you to know other things. I don't want you to know whether you can persecute me or not for it. So suck a bag of dicks. Believe what you want. We're remember, not, we don't know. Remember that I don't know either, and I'm not telling. And unless you want to electrocute my balls, which sounds like a fun weekend, you're never going to find out. <laughs> electrocute my balls. Bro. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who is who? Oh, someone Nab, piping Nab up. Never had a fleeting thought there. Yeah, yeah. Just on the topic of uh, stealing things when we were younger, uh, I apparently stole a Bible before my first birthday, <laughs> and brought it home. And that's a good start. Up, yeah, devil mom, child. Mom had this Bible, and it was pretty sizable too. I don't know. How I got this thing out the door, but right. in the in the front it says, "This Bible was stolen by Andrew McNabb in handwritten letters." Like, you wrote 1989. That? My mom. Wow. I don't, I don't what do you mean? You stole it when you were and, one, and then and yours. Your mom I stole wrote. it before I can remember. Anything. And she kept it and wrote. You stole she it. <laughs> she tagged you in it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's like that's like Catholic guilt before you're even aware of yourself. That's right. amazing. That's yeah. how they get you. Who stole the Bible? You did. That was like your first confession. It was like, actually, Father, when like, I was, like when I was just a wee man is babe. Born sinful and needs to repent. Like, here it is. How or, old were you when you stole this Bible? Trev, it's a Bible you stole. Trev did make the point that he is a ginger, so someone without a soul would steal a Bible, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it, is it? am I a ginger, or do I just have ginger traits? Am I a daywalker, really? You know who else was a ginger? 
The devil. Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> you you smell like a ginger. You reek like nice. Yeah, well, uh, Bibles are free. They yeah, give well, uh, Bibles are free. They <laughs> give away Bibles in hotel rooms, <laughs> motel fire. rooms. You can't steal a Bible. Uber That's fire. just like you just borrowed a prayer for a while. Can Could I you imagine what kind of priest would come up to a baby and be like, "How dare you?" Man, I went curse to an alternative Christian school, yeah, and I was trying to, to give you Bibles. I, I Watch out for this disorder. one; he's a bad egg. Yeah, <laughs> right, stealing yeah. Bibles. Yeah. I had attention deficit disorder, so one of the things I used to do to like sort of try and keep my focus while reading these endlessly boring Bible passages was to illustrate in the margins. So draw like little stick figures, like doing the little battles and stuff, like you know, right. Moses in the Red Sea and shit like this, like. Pretty decent illustrations for like a little kid, I guess. If you're like, I don't know, kind of kind of strange, but blasphemy. That's definitely what it was. Actually, that, that would be not blasphemy. That's heresy. Yeah, heresy. That, that's heresy. That's heresy. Or you were just really getting into it. <laughs> no, blasphemy is believing blasphemy. in foreign things or quoting foreign things. Heresy is when you when you take for granted that which you already believe or defile it in some way. And I was that's what I was doing. When I was heresy. So, Back to Trevor. Knows. What have you stolen? I was thinking on it. Literally, I was just thinking on it. I'm like, I better have one. I think I'm Well, you probably run it on bills, or you probably like been blackout, left a bar. Like, yeah, that's you tell me. Your... You tell me what I do. Let's hear more. Let's hear <laughs> you know my life. You, you t- well, Lars that, has that, been there the whole that way. for sure. I haven't. I definitely Certainly not. Certainly not this guy, though. Let's not ask him. McNabb, what is he still See, on? Yeah, ask him. He's the fucking guy who's been with Have you ever stole a Bible? <laughs> me? Yeah. Why would uh, you steal no. a Bible? Cream? I understand why a little kid could pick up a book and wander around. Right, books steal? are cool, but like any grown adult. The statements in this podcast do not reflect actual events. <laughs> Nor are the people the, we're talking the, about. <laughs> the character Nabber, portrayed by Andrew McNabb, <laughs> is a fictitious character. Exactly. <laughs> Entirely coincidental. All right, we've right. had the disclaimer already. Right. I said it already. These are, these are stories, remember? We're storytellers. Cream, what about you? What's the? You've never stolen something. What's the worst thing that you could... That you've done. Confess What's your the dirt on Kareem? He probably saw someone steal something Look, and then took the 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 anyway, the wall. You may as well just give one on record. Girls make him upset and he punches walls. We know that one. Poor yeah, walls. A few walls. That's not a crime. That's not a crime. No. Listen uh, out your walls. Then it's vandalism. Job. Vandalism! I have a reverse story of what you've been telling so far. Oh yeah. My brother and I once walked into a, um, a convenience store back home, and uh, found on the ground the equivalent of about five grand. Wow. And we brought it back to its owner. <laughs> brought it back to the what? Sorry. To the owner. The owner of the store. Um. Yeah. It's like to we we're like we found this amount of money on the ground. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know where that's from. And yeah, sure he, he like, did. Yeah, he was no, like, no, no, oh, great. Yeah, I know exactly where that is. <laughs> called the guy back. And the guy came in and was like, yeah, that's my money and all that shit. But, yeah. How much, well, how much was it? a great experience by throwing a $5 bill on the ground Sorry? in front of a group of 10 people. And then in saying, currency, look, $5. Millions. <laughs> and see how yeah, many people tell him it's yours. In my currency, like, turns, like, in um, <coughs> West African currency, turns to, like, a few thousand dollars. True. I had a weird experience like that, too. I was walking up the street near Main Station, and I, I saw this shoebox sitting in the middle of the sidewalk on the way to band practice. So I kicked the fucking shoebox over, and it has, like, four rolls of bills in elastic bands in it. And I'm like, oh, really? Nice. <laughs> so I'm like, shoebox. I grab the box, and I stick it under my trench coat, and I keep walking up the street. And I'm half up the block, and I see this this elderly gentleman. And he's like, 
in a panic. And he's like searching the ground and my looking shoes, around, my shoes. looking around. Where are my shoes? Right. And I walked up to him. And he's an elderly gentleman. And I, I said to him, I said, what's the problem? He goes, he goes, I, I lost something. I'm like, what did you lose? <coughs> Desc- so tell the describe guy. it. <coughs> I go. found a couple grand on the ground. Is it yours? I mean, that's right. not how you go, go about on. that, right? Yeah. And he goes, I was trying to pay rent on like my mortgage on my house. I was taking the money from my house to the bank, and I dropped it. And I was like, <laughs> it's one of those situations where it's so obviously this dude's money. Like, no one would just say that to you, right? Yeah. Like, you just find a box with, like, two and a half grand in it, which is about what a mortgage payment on a reasonable house in that neighborhood would be. And I'm like, and there's some old guy, like, freaking out on the sidewalk looking for money about two and a half grand that he obviously just <laughs> lost, you know? So, so I was like. Well, here you go. And he's like, what? in the box was out of my jacket. And the dude just looked at me, and he wanted to give me money and shit. And I was like, really? No. Obviously, that's your mortgage. Like, fuck. saying you're a good person. It's just one of those things. You know, I can take from a system that hates me. I can take from a world that doesn't care. But I can't take from someone who needs more than I do. That's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like, I, I may not live high on the hog. I live well. I'm not going to say, like, I've, I've ever been, like, super poor except for my own stupidity, hmm. which I have. Like, I, you know, I tried to live hard and homeless and rough for a while, and I was just retarded. It was stupid. I made it less than a summer and realized that I was, like, the dumbest man in Christendom and had to go home. I was like, you're just stupid. Like, this, is, wow. this whole thing is dumb. People are fucking dying. The kids are sick. And then I got into youth outreach, right? And then I had even weirder times. Like, youth outreach wasn't... I fucking joy. It was a weirdness. Sometimes you have to steal for righteous purposes. Yeah, Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood, exactly. I remember uh, in in high school, I have a stepsister from when my dad was in a previous marriage. And he, uh, sorry, uh, so the stepsister was uh, dating this guy. She was pretty new to dating and was dating this guy who was a year older in our grade. Uh, named Corey, and he was like a real unsightly dude and just like <laughs> terrible, terrible like guy. There were stories of him that w- out, like um, making out with passed out chicks at parties and stuff. So just a really just unsightly, real gentlemanly yeah, behavior. Just gross dude, right? So uh, one time I'm the hanging out. Passed out girl I've been with was Pamela Anderson, and she's attached to me by blood, so we're okay. <laughs> oh, you know Pamela? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm fucking her for years. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, uh, I get this call from, uh, from, from my stepsister saying that she's just, oh, yeah, she's out in the car. Where are you? Let's meet up. Let's smoke a joint. I'm like, car? What are you talking about, car? She's like, yeah, Corey t- took this car. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Put him on the phone, right? So I'm talking to him, and he's like saying, yeah, let's hang out. Let's hang out. Like, and and I'm, tr- I'm piecing together this story of how he got this car. And what he's done is he's drunk and joyriding around with my stepsister in the car, with her and her buddy, right? Or him and his friend. So anyway, like, they're just out, and I'm freaking out because she's, like, 15 or 16, like, young, and doesn't know what she's doing with this guy. So anyway... Um, Not to mention he's committing felonies and drunk driving, yeah, which is nice bro- and safe. He broke into his neighbor's house... Well, his neighbor was away and stole the keys to the BMW uh, X3. Wow. And, uh, 
And his yeah. name was Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Bueller? <laughs> That's Bueller. not how the story goes. Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> Bueller. So anyway, Bueller. Uh, Rich is shaking his head. You didn't like that one, Rich. <laughs> he, uh, so my buddy had an, uh, an extendo bat. So what we did is we said, yeah, yeah, come by, come by. Uh, we'll come on, you know, we'll smoke a joint. And they're like, yeah, come smoke in the truck because they showed up just come smoke in the vehicle. We're like, no, 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 come into the park. It's better in the park. There's places to sit. Just <laughs> where we can hide the bodies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh, okay. Did you say extendo bat? No, he did not because this is all fictitious and that's right. what happened. Like a magical like a wand. One of those? Right, Kareem? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and basically all we, did was, all we did was show it to the guy. We surrounded him, and then I was just like, give me the keys. Just don't do showed this. it to him. Don't do this. Like, yeah, just, this doesn't have to go any further. Yeah. I'm just going to show it this, to you. You have stolen property, and you're endangering my Just the tip. Do it. Yeah, Let on. it happen. Just. My stepsister was so mad as well, and because uh, it started to rain just as we did this. And uh, we sent them walking home, and then uh, basically all I did was I took the car, and I, I uh, drove around the block. And parked it on the street, threw the keys on the seat, and locked it, and called the cops. Or you know, actually, <laughs> actually called our friend's dad, and he called him. You know what's really fucking funny? You just reminded me of something my buddy told me on Monday last week, or Tuesday last week, about yeah. about stealing cars. Uh, we had a friend. He didn't drink. He never did drugs. Uh, uh, his name is uh, Glenn. Yeah, we use that's good. His name was Glenn, and for a summer, Glenn used to boost school buses and public transit vehicles and heavy machinery. He would steal them? Yeah. That was his jams. He didn't do drugs. He didn't get high, but he would pick you up in like a school bus. He learned all the, you know, the, the little latches that open the doors and all the wow. public, you know. So he would just go and jack public service vehicles. He also had to steal and operate most heavy equipment. Hmm. So he had a couple of crazy nights like drinking on construction sites while like he like would drive heavy machine around and like do things with it, you know, like pick up beams, like watching shit out. It's pretty cool, you know, when you're like 15, yeah. 16, like pick up all your buddies in the bucket of like <laughs> front yeah, loader. Exactly, like shit <laughs> like that. Or like in, boys. we one time we drove nine kilometers. We drove nine kilometers through downtown Toronto in a stolen fucking um uh tread track front loader. Allegedly. Right. And it was one of those things no, that's actually not a felony because we didn't. We left it behind. It was just mischief. The guy lent it to him. Yeah, Glenn was great. <laughs> he was doing. Glenn was amazing. Anyway, but yeah. So for a whole summer, like you know, one time I get this phone call to my friend. She, the girl, she's called. She's like, I'm sitting in my apartment. She's like, uh, you gotta come downstairs right now. We're gonna go to Wonderland. And I'm like, and Wonderland was like the phone code for we're gonna do way too many drugs and whatever. I'm like, sure. So I'm like, what do you mean come downstairs? Like, you guys meeting me on the street? Do you guys take the bus? And she's like, yeah, we took the bus in. Come on down. And I come down, and there's a full-size school bus parked in front of my house. And I'm like, this is really bait. Party, like, party really bait. bus. Because there's like a 15-year-old kid behind the wheel, and he's like a skinny-looking motherfucker. You know, he doesn't look like a bus driver, okay? You know what I mean? Like, he's the kid that's a little bus. And I'm like, okay. Fuck it. Let's do it. So I get on the bus, and like, my mom's. Mom comes out, she's like, oh, is this a shit you're not? She goes, she sometimes can be a little bit clueless, you know? I love, <laughs> love the woman. I love the woman, but Field she's like, trip? she was like, she was like, is this that camping trip you told me about? I'm like, yeah, that's bad, the one. Bad, bad, Gotta go. 
and hop Nailed on and, and line. Yeah. bus pulls away. And she found out like two hours later because one of my other friends' mothers called her and was like, did some fucking school bus come and pick up your son? <laughs> that's legendary. And she was like, yeah, that's yeah, that's what happened. Legendary. And he's like, yeah, that's not like anything. Like that's that trip is next. Terrible. That trip is next month. Yeah, that's not. And that's but not that's a thing. Amazing. Like, we don't know. I don't know why that's happened. My husband that's pointed good. that out to me after he came in from the garage laughing, and I was like, "She came home later. And she was really mad. She's like, what the hell was that?'" I'm like, "You know, look, he doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He just steals buses sometimes.'" I'm like, he was a sober. He was a sober driver. driver. He yeah, yeah, he's very good. Like, he was our DD. We never got pulled over. That's the rudest dude going on the highway with this kid. Never got pulled over. Right, we we drove through we drove through checkpoints. Other people are getting pulled over. They see the school bus, they're like, and just yeah. wave the school bus through. Because yeah, what the yeah. fuck? Like, yeah, we're gonna find a lot of drugs on a school bus. Meanwhile, it's like a bunch of us like doing, hiding, drugs. you know, because we're high on drugs. Crazy whole summer like, like that. Like phone books duct taped to his feet so he can reach the pedals. Oh no no he was a, <laughs> no no like we were at fifteen sixteen. Looks no, like we were Harry 15, Potter 16. from the he first was movie. Enough. He was right. lanky and skinny. He could reach the pedals, no problem. That was First the issue. There's three kids in a trench coat sitting on the, in the seat. Uh, but it did, did, it did certainly, <laughs> it did certainly have like some some ball jerking moments. You know what I mean? Like you, you you see a ride a ride check and you're thinking, oh man. I have a question. If he was the bus driver, did one of you was one of you the uh, what do you call it? What's the bus patrol? Bus patrol? Did you guys have bus, bus patrol? Yeah, like the but like the kid. The Actually, kid. because that? I, that's not entirely that is, yes, because I was working as a camp counselor through part of this period, I knew that at a, at a at a road checkpoint, if you're driving through one, the best thing to do had the bus driver look like he's just like uh, sort of not paying attention to anything and just driving the bus like I may have a fourth grade education, I just drive this bus, and then whoever's rented the bus, namely the group leader, will talk to whoever stops the bus. So the bus stops, and I'm like. Yeah, I'm just bringing some autistic kids back to the sanctuary kind of thing, like mm. you know, and and that happened. The, you got stopped. Yeah, and the and cop looks. At, the cop looks at me and goes. Cop looks at me and goes. Looks at, looks at you know. Are Phillip, you 14? Looks at Philip. You're the poster boy. And I'm boy. like, yeah, I'm I'm 16 years old. I work for camp. No boundaries. Yada yada. That's how this works. Like, come on. What do you expect? Like, you think 50 year olds work at summer camp? You know, and he was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he didn't really care. Right? Obviously not drunk, because again, right? Are you sure you didn't say, these aren't the droids you're looking for? That's what I felt like saying. Just but if I had, on. I would have been in prison with a stolen bus <laughs> right. and what have you. So <laughs> Stolen bus, I like that. Um, yeah. We should, uh, I would like to switch gears because this is something, this is a very special episode. This is episode 30. I was and gonna say. those of you watching and or listening, you've probably heard this guy. He's legendary. You've heard the name many, many times. One of Bob's longest friends and partners in crime, but not really. Um, uh, Rich is in the house, and Rich has decided to break his radio silence. He's going to tell us a story. Bob, you can talk more about it. But also, Trevor here has volunteered slash hat, been told slash forced Actually, uh, I'm close. I'll get the hat. To, uh, Trev is going to play the part of Rich on camera by lip-dubbing, lip-syncing Rich's words as he speaks them in podcast and or sort of acting out the scenes for the viewers at home. So uh, let's give it up to Audio Rich and 
video, Rich Trevor. The floor is yours, Rich. This is a tale of East End attempted homicide. <laughs> Usually, for the record, for those of you who have listened to many episodes, by this point in every episode when Rich is here in the live studio audience, he is unconscious asleep. He usually passes out. Last episode, I listened to it. It was around the 15 and a half minute mark. I pointed, the out, teeth I, pointed, at 17, I pointed out Rich is asleep. Uh, and you're here with us. We're like, well, how far away? I feel like we're half an hour in right now. Or Yeah, yeah. This is deep. This is the deepest you've ever made it into an episode, and you're speaking in it. That's amazing. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, there's more liquor. Right. Let's do it. You brought sake. So uh, tell us what's going on here. You guys. You guys. Uh, All right. So let me set the stage for you, right. Rich. So this is in a more beautiful time. When I was younger... And I had just as much hair because all my friends are going gray and bald and suck it. And I was dating a, a woman who would break my soul as often they do. But it was a time of, of also great trials and tribulations. And one of those trials and tribulations happened to do with a drinking phenomenon that me and Rich pioneered at the time, which was the bottle of whiskey, bottle of sake, 12-pack of Rick and Dread a day as the casual drinking man's answer to daily life, right? Well, you know what they do say, a bottle of whiskey, a bottle of sake, and 12, Wait, what 12 are they beers keeps the doctor away. Don't they say it? They say it. I'm a, not sure anyone's ever said that anywhere. A but bottle of whiskey. I think I learned that in health class. A bottle of whiskey, bottle of sake, and 12 beer a day keeps the doctor away. There you go. Right, because you're usually fucking dead. You don't need a doctor, you need a mortician. Right. But anyhow, so I was off I was off gallivanting around, doing whatever it is that I do. And uh, my girlfriend's apartment was a couple blocks away from where I lived. And Rich used to show up there ahead of me and wait for me. And sometimes he'd go to the liquor store ahead of me or I'd go to the liquor store after him. But this, this, this instant, he had gone and brought a bottle of this lovely stuff. And we're going to do a shot right now in commemoration of it. How old were you when this was happening? Oh, this is 18, 19, okay. like 1920. Eight, yeah, 18. High 18, school 19. or the year after high school? Just after high school. Like yeah, we I'd just say about a year after. I was finishing up because I had to take a bit of an extra year just to get some credits to square away some holes in the the record there. But uh, anyway, so wait, so gentlemen here, take these shots first. All right. Carry on with this after that. There's four of them. Is Rich gonna have one? Yeah, that's the whole point. Just try and stay out of camera focus. You don't have to. You can make a quick appearance. Pop your head in so people can see. Give us a. This might be the, the thumbnail. Which camera should you look at? This one. Look at this one here. Yeah, there it is. Raise him up. Join us. Join us. Join us. One of us. To One Rich. of us. All right, so to set the stage for Rich's story, I arrived home to my girlfriend's place and discovered him. Damo Arigato. Him, my ex, and her asinine friend, Drew, sitting around the living room. My ex looked really upset. And Drew looked victimized somehow, but then again, that was sort of his life goal, so it was difficult to tell with him whether or not it was just a daily day occurrence, because he was sort of a goth kid too, right? So he always looked sad and kind of pathetic, but this was different. <laughs> this was different. This was like sad and pathetic with a purpose. And Max says to me, Rich tried to kill him. And I broke into hysterical laughter, because, I mean, Rich, as much as he's, you know, a lot of things, uh the like uh, homicidal afternoon killer 
just doesn't quite cook it, you know? No, the homicidal afternoon failure. Right, that was more like what happened. So anyway, I'm going to turn the floor over. So Rich is going to narrate the story, and because those of you at home need to see what's going on, Trevor is going to assume the role of Rich. Okay. And you can be Drew. Actually, that's I'll not too Drew. bad. I'll yeah. Be the asshole. Yeah, that's not too bad. So carry on. Well, I'm dealing with Drew, who's—he's a loser, and I don't like to say that. It's really mean, but he really is. So I'm dealing with this guy, and I think to myself, well, you know, he's here. We're He's going to be here for a while, so we... We're socially reactive. Let's, you know, yeah, let's yeah. at least get to know each other, sure. So I, I I, try to grab, like, you know, a beverage, and I'm thinking, well, I got this sacky here. I like this shit. He'll like this shit. Let's, let's do this shit. And I pour out a glass, and I stick it in the microwave. Oh, for those of you who don't know at home, if you're not used to drinking usakoi or sake, which is Japanese rice wine, it traditionally you drank two ways. You can be drank cold like beer... Or it can be drank at tea temperatures and sipped as an aperitif or a, you know, a subtler drink. And it has a different effect variationally based on how you drink it. If you drink it warm, it has more of a hallucinogenic effect. If you drink it cold, it's more like beer. So, anyway, just to straighten that up. So Rich preferred at that time, as we all did, to drink it hot because the vapor effect of the sake was quite pleasant. And it's very enjoyable that way. So anyway, he microwaved a couple glasses of sake and Rich. Well, I microwaved one glass in this case because it's, it's one minute at a time for each glass, so I was just doing his first. And I took it out and I brought it over to the table. And, and it's a sipping drink, you know, when you've heated it up, it's a sipping drink. Not one of these, like, just shoot it back like whiskey or something. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like that. <laughs> so... So I gave it to him, and I'm, I'm saying, okay, now, and so he just takes it back, and I was just, I was right, just you're like, you're like, be careful, it's, it's yeah. hot. It suddenly is just. <sighs> well, it's probably worse than that. He screams out because right. he thinks oh, he's, yeah. he thinks he's been, he thinks he's been boiled he's like a lobster. Yeah. Right. yeah. He's <laughs> flipping out. Yeah. Something yeah, like it's it's that bad. That's pretty good. Sorry, Cream. I blew the levels. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. And and now you know, I'm being blamed for trying to kill him, because apparently he's I he's retarded. There's no other word for it. Well, there is other words. <laughs> there are other words. Yeah, but that one fits mm -hmm. so fucking well. That's the one that people don't like these days, but I, there are other words. I so mean, a couple of hours go by, as far as I know, and, and he's sitting in the apartment with Drew, and then my ex comes home, and the first thing Drew spouts is, He tried to kill me. To which any sane person would be like, What? With what? And Drew answers, With... With boiling hot alcohol. <laughs> and she, she takes it at face value. Like, yeah, Bob might have put him up to this because Bob doesn't like Drew very much. And who knows? It could happen. And I get home and she's looking at me and Drew's looking at me. And Rich is sitting in the kitchen like, what the fuck? Seriously, like, what the fuck? 
and I, I take one look at him, one look at them, and I'm like, what? What is this? And she's like, Richard tried to kill Drew. And I'm like, with what? I'm looking around for weapons and stuff, like fire pokers on the ground, like knives and shit. No, right here. I see, yeah. By this point, since he's been drinking, I see like a third of a bottle of sake. And I'm like, with the bottle? She's like, no, no. He boiled some and gave it to Drew and made him drink it. I'm like, made him drink it? Then I looked at Drew, like the head on the swivel. Made you drink it? Then he's like, well, I took it from him and I drank it. Uh, okay, so someone handed you a boiling liquid and you decided you're just going to swallow it whole? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, then the laughter began and I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I laughed for like an hour. Just, I just lost it. I'm like, you are such a fucking tool. You are so ridiculous. Besides which, it was actually boiling. You'd be lying on the floor in the kitchen still. We'd be calling an ambulance. So it was just very hot. And you are now very uncomfortable. But precisely speaking, the only answer to this is you're dumb. And there is no cure for stupid. I couldn't you play, believe they'd say that. Yeah. You play stupid games. You win Stupid, stupid prizes. prizes. And that's a fucking fact. That is a fact. So anyway, Rich brought in, brought in little soggy Rich, glasses keep that mic. Keep that mic. What are you doing? Keep it. He's trying so, to put it down. So how the fuck did you feel when I came in and started laughing my ass off? Were you vindicated by that? Did that seem like the right approach? Massively vindicated. All right, cheers. There's the bottles right there. I did I don't even remember. That's how this podcast happens. Damn it, Drew. You drank too much sake. Maybe I looked down at the next. second one and it was empty. And I was like, I don't See, at the that. end of this, we'll take some still photos of us doing a, a steaming shot of sake just to sort of prove that it can be done without killing anyone. How long have. <laughs> how long have you and Rich known each other? When did you guys first meet? Great eight. Do you remember the day you met? Yes, I do. Let's yeah. hear it. Let's hear it. Because you oh, guys are a bit of an odd couple. Uh, I mean, you're huge regardless. Right. So, But Rich is also... How tall are you, Rich? You're smaller. Five you're nine. a slighter man. 5'9", so you're not that short, but you're... Um, like, what, 112 you're thin. Yeah, yeah. Petite. Yeah, you're petite. <laughs> you're petite. All right, so it works like this. You can thank one man, and I will thank him. Eyes to the camera. Salute to you, sir. He's a science teacher, and he worked at Bomero Public School. And he was a great man, Mr. Talbot. Mr. Talbot. Absolutely Mr. fantastic T. individual. <laughs> Mr. T. So here's the thing. We met on the bus on the way up to the Boyne River Summer School. Yeah. And that was something, I don't know. River. Yeah. Some people in the Toronto Public School Education System will know what the Boyne River Summer School is. And basically, it's like an orienteering. You know, you nice. learn, you learn like, some wilderness shit. and Compass work. Yeah. It's like outside... You know, trust games and camp school. But the thing is, you're supposed to have a certain I level of... I thought the food was good. Yeah, well, that's because you're insane. The food was terrible. Food was cafeteria food from the 1970s. like bomb shelter food for crazy people. It was but just chilly every day. Smelt like it in our dormitory. <laughs> but anyway, so the thing is, neither of us had the grades to get on this trip. No. Right? 
I mean, <laughs> we were both like sort of problem children, and so we didn't have the grades to get on this trip. Like we had okay grades in his class. Yeah, we did well with Mr. Talbot, which is why he liked us, but we weren't allowed to go on the trip. So the final day of the trip was showing up, and I basically told my dad, I'm like, look, if I'm not going on this thing and there's no kids in my class, I'm just not going to go to school for a while because fuck that shit, right? And our science teacher came to me and basically said, look, I didn't, we had different classrooms, but same teacher in science. He said to me, he's like, do you want to go on this trip? And I was like, yeah, I, I like the outdoors. I've been canoeing all my life. I'm an outdoorsman. Like, I actually enjoy this shit. I'm good at it. So, yeah, I'd like to go. He's like, well, I'm going to stick up for you. I think you should go because fucking there's no reason why you should. It feels like a punishment not to go when you're not. It's not that you're not smart enough to go. It's that you just don't have very good grades. That's not necessarily an, a, a direct correlation to intelligence right it's like you're not doing very well this year you're not having a great time of things so your grades aren't good so we should punish you you should stay behind and do nothing for a week anyway mm -hmm. so we basically both got the same treatment he was like look we're gonna find a space for you on this bus so i was the last kid on the bus last kid on the bus literally because i didn't find out until like the day of the trip that it was okay that i could go and i was like nearly second, second last, last basically well you must have been because there was yeah. only fucking one seat left on the bus. Please and tell me you guys sat me. together. But yeah. I got on the bus, <laughs> and I looked down the bus, and I see this kid, and I'm like, oh, shit, I know he's from one of the classes, you know, like the special class. And I'm like, this kid's, this kid's a fucking tard. Like, he's going to be one of those weird guys. Yeah, he's got behavioral problems. Like, he's going to be super weird. Was he the kid who... No, the problem is he was dyslexic, and that's before they actually diagnosed dyslexia properly. No, 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 no. <laughs> they no. had no idea what was wrong with you. They, they knew what was wrong with me, but it, it had gone on for so long they were just like, well, fuck it, just stick them here. And Hope for the best. Did you have any weird habits? I, in elementary school, I, there was a kid who ate snails. Like, there was a kid who ate snails. He wore clothing from the garbage. <laughs> yeah, he had weird habits. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he did. In oh. fact, he didn't believe my dad when my dad told him, I'll give you $20 to burn this jacket. Yeah, it's like dirty trench coat he found in the garbage. Oh, you found it by ne at, so it wasn't out of necessity. Summer? You just found things that you thought were cool, yeah. and you just wore stuff, Correct. stinky things. Yep. Nice, terrible. I'm okay with that. Personal cool hygiene, not so great. Coat? I'm okay with that. But yeah, so I got on this bus and I'm seeing this kid. I'm like, oh fuck, this guy's gonna be super weird. And he's seeing me, and I have a reputation of being like sort of a violent psychopath. He's like, like flipping oh out. fuck. Yeah, and he's like, oh this kid, this giant fucking guy with the fuck. Oh, I'm just thinking, like, really, God? Really? One more? Like, like, Thanks. Fuck me. Now, the thing is, he's reading Tolkien. Those seats aren't that big either. So he's reading He's like, reading Tolkien. Ooh, okay. And so that my catches dad had read eye. Tolkien to me, and I was reading Tolkien. I loved it. It was, like, right, right in my wheelhouse. And I saw it, and I, I just took a chance, and I was like... Lord of the Rings or Hobbit? Do you remember? Lord of the Rings. Nice. I think it was Two Towers. Yeah, I think so. And I was like, are you reading Tolkien? And he's like... Yeah. yeah. I'm like I'm like, do you like Tolkien a lot? And he was like, Yeah, yeah I've read all of it. My dad's read me. I'm like I took a deep breath and I sat down. I'm like, that's really awesome. And wow. we started talking about Tolkien. Two and a half hours later, Reverend Born Born River Summer School. And it's like we have more in common than anyone on this fucking bus. Yeah. And we never would have met if our science teacher hadn't been been like, Hey man, like Right. And then you bonded over liter literature years. of yeah. all things. Yeah. Well, no, that's the thing. In intelligent fantasy will do that. If you have the same kind of you know, hopes and dreams and, and imaginations, it good right. times. it's easy to get to know someone. You know? You can talk to them about, like, what do, you, what do you think about this character or this part or this? And you learn all about someone. You guys just spoke elven, elvish to Absolutely. each other the whole way. <laughs> well, I don't really speak <laughs> elvish, but I do, I, do, I do a pretty mean orc. Yeah? Let's hear it. No. Come on. 
That's also probably copyrighted. I don't want to go to prison for it. There's no special limitations in this country. At any rate, though, the point was, yeah, so 20 years later down the road. Yeah, 20 years later down the road. Wow. We're still still best friends. That's great. That's fucking, that's a great story. You met on the bus. To the unlikeliest of friends. Really? Yeah, fucking right, brother. I much, love you. You know that, right? Like a brother. Much like the Fellowship of the Rings, those nine guys never should have found each other's. I mean, it was the one ring to rule them all. It's like Gilgamesh, right, Kareem? <laughs> a fellowship. You guys, you guys developed a fellowship from your love of a fellowship. That's weird, huh? Yeah, Did man. Blow your minds. No, the thing is. I think it's actually what's great about that is I think it's necessary that people understand that it's easy to keep friends for a long time if you have shared understandings and communicate. It's difficult to maintain long-time friends if you actually don't care about people. You know what I mean? And it's hard to care about people when life is so challenging. I know that people have different experiences and that's whatever. I mean, that's them. But for me... I've always wanted the kind of friends I can have the rest of my life, not the kind of friends that do me favors now. You know? And a lot of society seems predicated these days on, well, I can help you do this. You know? I'd rather just have friends because it's lonely out there. And as I get older, it gets lonelier. I mean, people die, shit happens, life falls apart, you disconnect with people, you don't see people anymore, you just, you move on from certain things and you you move on with life and you just, you lose things. And the more you lose, the more important those things that are close mean, you know? Like, next Friday, like today is, today is Monday, is recording, the Friday following is my birthday. Yeah, buddy. And that's awesome. December 13th, Friday the 13th this year. But, but simultaneously, it's also a time of retrospection for me and introspection. Because this is always the most depressing time of my life. How old do you turn? Uh, 38. He's 38 years old. Never kissed a girl. Oh, he's kissing you. <laughs> it's a tragically hip song. Come on. I, I, yeah, I know it, it is. Right? But me? I was never in, like, Kingston Penitentiary. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't hear the name. Th- the well, they're lost, right? Not yeah. Sing that. 38 years old. Promise not to kiss that girl. But He's I, 38 years old, fucked a couple hundred girls. It's a little different, right? Bad paternity <laughs> suits. Like, no. No, see, I just I always believe that if, if a seven-foot kid walks up to me, he's like 15 or whatever, and says, Dad, my my response has to be. Son. Has, no, it has to be, <laughs> ah, shit. Because it's not a positive and it's not a negative. I haven't admitted that I'm his father, and I haven't denied it, which means either way the paternity test goes, I have plausible deniability. That's fair. Remember that, gentlemen. If you're not sure, just say, oh, shit. K-Rock, we've got a camera click. Um, all right, more rich stuff. You can come back at any point as Trevor as well. Don't feel like you have to be rich. I know you're, you've sunken into the role. Uh, and Meth- just just be back. careful with the method acting. But uh, you might never sober yeah, up. <laughs> Tell us more about. Uh, we got questions for Rich. Anything more we want to know? Okay. Well, Rich is one of the few people in the planet that knows anything about me. So, if any questions about Ooh, me, that's interesting. You can ask him too. Uh, has there been a scenario where, obviously, the 
you being the bouncer type, size type, I'm sure there's been more scenarios where you have been able to step in and deal with a situation that has helped Rich or protected or what, whatever you'd call it. But has there been a reverse scenario where Rich has ever saved Bob or where he's got super fucked up? Have you ever been the voice of reason? Have you ever been the less fucked up one? Because every time I've met you, he's always passed out before you. So that means like you're the caregiver um, to him. Well, not necessarily so much that, although there have definitely been times. I mean, you know the story about when I was really drunk and fighting guys on Kingston Road and it became the only traveling flea circus episode, right? Right, right, right. Rich was sober enough to say to these guys, if you don't leave now, he's going to get oh, back up. Oh, that was Rich. <clears throat> and okay. when he does. Yeah, yeah, when you fell on the fence? Yeah, and when he yeah. does get back up, and when he does get up, right. he's going to kill you. If I ever find you, I'll fucking kill you. And then you ran into the ravine. They, or did. they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I, didn't, he, I did not I, because of I, them. Right. And I told him that they took a cab. That a boy. He lied. I was like, oh, going, he was man. a liar. Don't worry about it. Dude. That was just because li- he was a liar. Rich yeah. didn't want to run into the. He's like, I don't want to run into the ravine liar. again tonight. Are, are you All kidding this? me? There's sirens in the background. I'm like, if he goes running off into the ravine after those kids, there's gonna be gunfire in 40 seconds. No, 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 no. You can do no, they, they hop the cab. They're not down there. It's I'm great. also likely to catch them too. You know. They're satisfied. They fled. I know now, Rich, why they call you. Rich, the voice of reason. The voice of reason, Rich. Is that what they call him? <laughs> no, but I used to call him my conscience for a while because I used to lose it and ask him questions like, is it okay for this violence to occur? And he'd be like, no. And I'd be like, fine. And we just leave. And that probably saved yeah. a lot of people physical altercations they didn't want. I didn't care. I spent a long time. Here's the thing. We were talking about hallucinogens earlier and how <clears throat> you can have temporary ego death. Uh, there's also a phenomenon unique to LSD uh, called personality reprogramming. And it's something I, partic- I participated in on purpose because <clears throat> my life disgusted me. Um, the weakness and characteristic failures of the average person when you're afraid of things and have phobias of other people and you're afraid of women and you don't want to Get out there. You don't want to do these things. You don't. I I got so sick and tired of having those fears, along with the fears of my job and the fears of the coalescing future I was going through. During my 18th, 19th years, I did so much mind-altering hallucinogenic drugs in the process of burning out the guy I used to be. And I admit, without a shadow of a doubt. That the kid I was is only alive in snippets at this point. I burned him out with lifestyle choices and a healthy application of, of serious psychotropic mind-altering substances. Rich saw some of that transition but didn't really understand it because I did it sort of secretly. No one really saw it happening. It was my thing. Even my closest friends didn't realize the kind of drugs I was doing. My were, family had no clue. You were saying you were doing 50 hits of acid a day for, yeah. for, for what period? And then what is a hit of acid versus 50 hits of acid? I don't know. All right. Well, the I average person can do a hit of acid and be high for three to six hours. 
right? Oh, and a really sick fuck. trip. And and it doesn't more doesn't necessarily mean a longer trip, just means a more intense neurological experience. Right. That's cool. fifty. Um, That's like lysergic acetaldehyde can actually burn holes in your brain. And that's what it does. It rewrites neural pathways. That's why you can taste the color blue, right? Because the neural pathways are rewriting themselves as the drug burns holes in your mind. And so you are literally learning how to taste the color blue, and the two are fucking blending together, right? It tastes like blueberries? N- usually never. It tastes like stuff you wouldn't imagine, like frightening things, like bandages over old scars or like swamp water with snakes in it. You have no idea what it know. tastes like. I've never done acid. Point is this. It gets to a point where you realize I can change my mind. Like, like, not change your mind. Like, oh, I've had an, epi- an epiphany. I'm gonna change my point of view. Right. I'm going to change the way I am. And when you realize you can do that, then that's a terrifying power. But it's also a terrifying experiment, and that's why I quit doing mind-altering drugs for the most part just almost cold turkey overnight yeah, i got scared i realized not only was i changing my mind i could do it forever i could keep changing it i could make it weirder i could go further you can't get better but you can get less worse and so i kind of got immune to certain things um strengthened in others dilated in some lost Certain human norms, just lost them. Some of the beauties of life that I have when I was a young man are just gone. Just straight up burned away. The nihilism that is involved with trying to burn holes in your own brain to change yourself, mm. the nihilism involved in that sucks some of the beauty out of life, just generally. That's a fact. You know, And some people do it by accident. Well, I actually didn't do drugs just by accident. I did drugs for a purpose. I wanted to experiment with the, the, the length and breadth that your mind can bend. That's what intrigued me about uh, hallucinogens, really, was that it, it's mind-altering. And that, that, that concept, mind-altering, I didn't understand that until I was into it. And then I was like, okay, well, now I understand what mind-altering means. You can alter your mind. Right. You can change who you are. You mm. can erase fears. You can dial up personality traits or dial down personality the interesting thing is you actually don't need drugs to do that it's just that's probably a shortcut to do it like there's other ways to work but if you don't know meditation or right but you don't know how to do that right and what you do know is what is also chemically there in front of you not to mention it's fun it's acceptable to do that people don't really judge you for partying until you're someone else you hear that about celebrities all the time. Oh, they used to be such a sweet kid, you know, and then they partied hard and they turned into someone else. Well, I just watched the Chris Farley documentary. That's and everybody. They said that about him. Like they were like he. It was like just not the same guy. Like you saw, it was almost like an evil. It was like a dark presence at certain times versus the sure. loving, fun-loving, like Midwestern boy or whatever. Like, well, yeah. and that's a reality. That's a reality. But again, I had lost a lot. I was fragile, didn't want to be. I was angry and couldn't contain it. I was sad and had no outlet and figured the best fucking possible way to survive this is to just be somebody else. Just just change. Go hard. Fall so far down the rabbit hole when you come back, you don't know who you were and it doesn't matter anymore. And that only works, I guess, 
somewhat because mm-hmm. there's still the holes. Like, you know, Christmas dinner, things I tried to avoid mm-hmm. because I knew they would trigger these, like, flashbacks of who I was and who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah. And that's one of the things, but it's the dark side of all of that. All the partying, all the drugs, all the fun, all the women, all the everything. That's the dark side of it. It doesn't always start with a happy thing. In fact, it usually starts with an unhappy thing. And you have lots of fun along the way. But why? Why are you doing it? And sometimes the answer is not pleasant. No. You know, and I don't, I, don't, I don't justify that by saying I did the right thing or I made the right moves or I made all the right choices or I, you know, knew it all or I was smarter than people and that's why I did it. I wasn't. I just had no other answers. I didn't, I didn't have the tools. There weren't tools there. So I just made the tools I could find. But you did have Rich. Uh-huh. Well, actually, no. And you know what? Uh-huh. Lars, he's a, make a really he's good, asleep. <laughs> actually, no, Lars, you make a really good point. You make a really good fucking point, though. I'm still here. Over the years, over the years, I've had really, really close and really good friends. Right. And when I was, like, in the bleakest, blackest places and wasn't really working out all right, they did pull me out of that. So to some degree, I mean, that cultivation of really close personal relationships was part of the changing yourself. I knew I needed them to trust me. See, I mattered. Yeah, of course, man. Everybody does. <laughs> needed them to trust me even after I changed. Even after I'd been different for a while. I needed them to see me and still be cool with that. And that's harder. That's harder than just making friends. I just kind of went through it being really, really drunk. Who, you? Shocking. I know, right? Really? Any uh, parting words, final words? Rich, you haven't uh, had the opportunity to speak here. Anything you want to uh, chime in? And you want to say to Bob in podcast style? I can't stand that you're dating her. Will you marry me, Bob? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. You have a good night. (laughs) That was amazing. Well... Um, well, in the, in the age of polygamy, yes. Say yes to the I will. dress. And you know what? She's, she's not really going to complain because she knows. If it's going to be competition, it should at least be something that I really enjoy. Right. Trey the actor. Oh, and I the, mean, uh, Rich. And I'm back. Oh, you went deep. There he is. Oh, boy. You want to, Man, uh, method acting. You, want to do so, so you almost you want lost to do all your teeth. And ended up on welfare. Let people know. Well, if you want to look look for us, you can find us at 39DD Show. Sure can. Hey, we got one more subscriber today because yeah. my buddy Ken didn't you realize he could subscribe and did. So Facebook and Instagram at 39DD Show. Message us. We got a message today from someone wishing us good luck and, and man, we have like we have like. You can shoot us an email. Jesus um, oh, Murphy. Man. Like ten, we have like ten or so 39, subscribers. 39DD we are like Show. The most popular show at gmail.com. I don't know, but we're there. You should watch the videos. If you're if you're listening to this, watch the videos. Go to YouTube, go to YouTube and subscribe on the videos. Like it, and also something that I would like to say: if you're a listener and a watcher or any of those things, just click those fucking buttons, man. Amazing, but also please share it. We could use your help. Share it. So tag some friends in it. Share it out. Share this with people who have some crazy stories. And we'll love you more if you click those like buttons and stuff. Like just. Share them off. Tell Share people it. about us. 
Cause don't you know, be selfish. Because we're amazing, and you know you love us. Don't be selfish. And come to a live taping. We do this every Monday. But besides, if we keep this going, there will be dick pics from Jabril. So oh, just man. keep it in mind. Come back around. Could be JD a... captures. Uh, Kareem, you got final parting words there? You got the mic. Uh, I wanted to say something to... I got a piece so there. bad right now, so say it. Well, it was just something nerdy that I think you'll appreciate. Please something do. about Lord of the Rings? <clears throat> Is this an elvish prayer? Bosun, Bosnak, Julian, Yukolaevi, Lot. Which that? in deep speech means, my friend, I salute you. Right. <clears throat> say it again. Aquiai. Nice. Was that magic words or what Beautiful. was that? Orcish. 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 Deep speech. Which say it is again. Orcs. Say it again. One more time. <laughs> One more time. Let's finish on it. Mausen, Bausnak, Jack, Ukulele, Lat. Mausen, Bausen, Jack, Ukulele, Bat. And that's how he knew it was the Hobbit. Skinned him and ate him. <laughs> Good night, everybody. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.